All right, well, we started a series a few weeks ago called Right Words. Right Words. So let's go ahead and um, look at Hebrews 10.23. Hebrews 10.23. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. God is faithful. Amen? He is a faithful God. Faithful. He's true. He's, he's to be relied upon. You can believe Him. When He says something, you can believe Him. The first part says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. Oh. Let's read it in one other translation in the Amplified. It says, So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. I'll just go ahead and read these other translations I have. New Living Translation says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. In the NIV it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And I'll read this in the God's Word translation. It says, We must continue to hold firmly to our declaration of faith. The one who made the promise is faithful. So words are important. What we say, our confession, is what we say. Notice it says declaration of, of faith here, the hope we profess, the hope we affirm. We're to hold to these things without wavering. We're to say what God would say, what He has promised. That's how we um, overcome. One of the ways that we overcome is by saying what he said. Now I want to, let's go ahead and look at James. Tonight, James 3. We touched on James last time we spoke on this, but um, we're going to start there and then uh, go forward. Go ahead and turn to James. If you have your Bibles. Does anybody need a Bible? Anybody? Forgot to ask. Anybody need a Bible? James 3, verse 1. We'll read this whole passage of, of Scripture here, and then um, I believe go forward a little bit. James 3, verse 1 says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Just stop right there. Do you, you realize what this says in the first verse? My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. People always say, oh, I want to teach, I want to do this and that. Well, read this verse. Just a thought. Just, uh, we should do what God asks us to do. Verse 2, For he, we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, also, or able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among members that it defiles the whole body, and sets on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire by hell. 
For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is un an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. So this is a you know, long passage here talking about uh, the tongue. <clears throat> we touched on some of the beginning parts last week. But uh, I want to read verse 5 and then we'll skip... Um, to verse 9, it says, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. The tongue is little, but it can do great good. It can do a lot of damage. Verse 9 says, With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. So he's saying here, out of the same mouth, we bless God, and then we curse people. We say good words, and then we say bad words, and he says, these things ought not to be so. This should not be. This shouldn't be that we speak good words and then bad words. You know, we're talking about right words. Right words are the words God would have you speak at any given time. Any given time, the right words are godly words. If they're not right, if they're not godly, they're not the ones we should be speaking. Right words are His words. You know, ultimately, we should be um, determined to be led and um, to yield to the Spirit of God. So in our words, we want to be yielding to Him. What would He say in a situation? What are the right things to say? This doesn't have anything to do with personality. You know, some people say, well, you know, certain personalities or temperaments are given to talk more. Well, and, you know, they're able to say things. Not, well, we're not talking about that. We're saying no matter what your background is, what your temperament is, what are the right things to say? Well, we get some direction here. We, we ought not to be saying things that we bless God and then curse people or say good things and then bad things. It's not about the, um, it's not the amount of words it's not the number of words, it is the right words. In other words, you could say one word, and if it's the wrong word, it can blow up a situation. You could say one word and be the right word, and it turned things around. Sorry. It can change lives. On the other hand, you could, you know, pick any number of other words, just one word, two words, three words, and they can blow up a situation. They could go the opposite way. So we want to think about uh, the right words to say in, in uh, a situation. Ephesians 4.25, let's read this and then um, we'll get into to what I believe we're going to cover tonight. Ephesians 4.25, 
It says, therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, and he may have something to give, that he may have something to give him who has need. Verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. Verse 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. You know, going back to James, it said, you know, you shouldn't have both types of things coming out of your mouth. Here, this sounds a lot like what we read in James. Don't let the corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So don't let the bad things, the corrupt words, come out of your mouth. He said, don't let them come out of your mouth. What is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the, to the hearers? Verse 27, before this, it says, don't, don't, or verse 26 says, be angry and do not sin. And then in verse 27, nor give place to the devil. And then just a few verses later, he's talking about then our mouth as well. Well, we can yield to the devil in our words. You can yield to God in your words. When we praise God, we're yielding to Him. You can let praises flow out of your spirit. And you can be yielding to the Spirit of God that's inside of you. Yielding words of praise and, and glorifying God. But you know, you can turn right around and it could be the next breath and yield to the enemy and, 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 yield, uh, and say corrupt words out of your mouth. Well, if you couldn't, it wouldn't tell you not to let it. Notice it says, let no corrupt word. Well, that means we have control over it. Well, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. That's not true. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. That word, or what it said, when it says in that second part, what is good for necessary edification, net, that necessary edification, edification is building up, is encouragement. So it's saying, let our words be encouraging and let it impart grace to the hearers. Let's look at this in the Amplified Classic. It says, let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word or unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion, that it may be a blessing and give grace God's favor to those who hear it. No, that's like what the Amplified is. It amplifies that verse. It, there's a lot more words there. It, it brings clarity and definition 
to what is being said here in this verse. Let's read it again. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. But only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. Now this is what I believe we're focusing on tonight. It's the, the idea that what comes out of our mouth ought to build people up, it ought to impart grace, it shouldn't tear down, it shouldn't be negative, it shouldn't pollute the air, it should help people, not hinder them. Notice what it says here. Only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. Do we realize that we can hurt the spiritual progress of other people by our words? What, what is Satan's, Satan's goal for other people, for everybody, is to stop the Christian. He wants everybody, Christian or non, he wants death and destruction. He wants death in all its forms. You say, not, not just literally the body dying, but death in marriages, death in relationships, death in relationships at work, death uh, in our body, death in our finances. Poverty is death financially. Death in all its forms is Satan's will for the earth, is Satan's will for people. Well, you know, words have a big part to play in how people act out their lives. You realize words that were spoken when people were children can lead them into poverty if they let those words affect them. Harsh words, people can feel crippled. They're not crippled, Maybe they are, they're perfectly sound in body, they're perfectly sound in mind. But words were spoken, and they believed them, harsh words, detrimental words, words from the pit of hell, really. Because any evil words are really coming from Satan. Satan is doing his best to get us, as humans on this earth, to unleash our mouth aligned with his devices to take other people down and to hinder them. It's as if he were speaking. And the Bible is saying here, don't be a party to that. Well, it's saying don't let it come out. That means we're fully capable of, of letting those words come out. And you did not need me to tell you that tonight. You all knew it. We all know it. Because we've all done it. You don't have to raise your hand. It doesn't matter if you raise your hand. No matter you look right ahead. It's so. There isn't a person in this room that hasn't yielded their mouth to the wrong thing. You didn't need me to tell you that you could do it. You know it. You've heard it. You've heard it from other people. You've heard it in other ways. You've heard other people say it in the public setting, in the private setting, on recordings, every kind of thing. People, you've heard this in different parts of your life. And it is, at the end of the day, uh, words that are destructive, words that tear down, words that would leave a negative impact, words that make people feel bad, that, that are detrimental, are words of Satan. And here it's saying, we need to be careful that we're not unleashing words that are detrimental, or here it says, it says it the other way, only say things that are good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. So, 
We're talking about this not to, raise, you know, not to put condemnation on us and go, yeah, we've all messed up. Oh, I remember those words. I wish I could just take them back. And not to us all leave with our heads hanging and have a good spanking tonight. That's not you know, verbally with the word. That's not, that's not the intent. It's to look at where we're at now and say, look, my words are very powerful. And you all know you've been on the, recip- the, the receiving end of words that were good. There are people, if, I were to, if we were to stop and just go around the room, probably everybody in here could give examples of words that were spoken to you, words of encouragement, words of help that have helped you to this day. They could have come from your parents. They could have come from a teacher, come from a coach, pulled you aside, music instructor, that said, you've got what it takes. You can do it. You're going to overcome. Or maybe you were in a tight situation. They said, no, I believe in you. You're going to make it. It's all right. And it brought you through. God can work through those things. That's imparting grace to the hearer. That's building up. Those are words that we're using, we're being used as a vessel for the Almighty to encourage and build up a person. And that's what we want to be focusing on, the positive aspect that we want to lay aside the words that would tear down and just always, you know, be conscious of the fact, are my words building up? Would this impart grace to the to the atmosphere, to the people? Does this bring the atmosphere up? Or when I'm speaking those words, are they going to bring the atmosphere down? And if I ask myself that question, and the answer is it's going to bring it down, then I should probably not say anything. It's better not to say anything if it's going to be a negative, if it's going to be something that's negative or detrimental, it would be better to say nothing than to say those type of things that could hinder people. It says, let's read from the the beginning of the verse. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion. You realize you can say the, the words that would be right for one occasion are just flat wrong for certain occasions. There are more formal occasions where... Certain joking is just out of line. It's the wrong time. It's the wrong place. It's the wrong time. They're the wrong words to be said. They're not helping the situation. It's just, it's just out of line. There's certain things you don't want to do at a funeral. Certain things you don't want to do at a wedding. You know? You, you just, it's not, it's not the right time. Well, God will help us with these things. God's not stupid. God's not, you know, just so spiritual that he doesn't understand context. He's not going to prompt you to do something that's out of line for a situation and cause, you know, distress or whatever because, you know, it's, well, God just moved me to do it. Well, God's not going to move you to do something that's out of line for a given context. It says, as is fitting for the need and the occasion, that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor to those who hear it. That it may impart grace, the other translation says. That it may be a blessing. We ought to think, are my words a blessing? Are my words a blessing? When I'm about to say something, is that a blessing? Or is that going to actually... Uh, be harmful. In the New Living Translation, it says, don't use foul or abusive language. 
But you know, I mean, it's much more than that. You look at the, the Amplified, it's not just certain words. You can say, you can avoid all the words that would be considered curse words or cuss words and say something that would rip somebody apart. I mean, I'm not, I'm not advocating using curse words or cuss words, but there are so, people will, I'll just say this, people will hone in on somebody saying a word like that when they have no ill intent and they're in, in words, this same person could say words that were a hundred times worse, not use a single curse word, but rip somebody and cripple them for a decade. And yet somebody use a word and they're gonna, it's gonna be a, a judgment thing. Well, I don't say that. Yeah, the things you're saying are like way, way worse. So it's not just, here it says don't use foul or abusive language. You know what? Uh, there's a lot of people, I'll just say this too. Uh, we gotta be, we gotta watch how we you know, judge other people and be around, especially the world. They don't understand what they're saying is wrong most of the time. Everybody says stuff. I'm not everybody, but the world, they're hearing it constantly on TV. They don't even understand. I worked in construction for some time. You know, my dad built homes, so, so we would work around construction workers, you know, just to get some experience, you know, and on the summers in between college. You want to talk about cuss words? Every other word. And they don't, that's just the way they talk. I mean, these certain people, I'm not making a generalization, but this, this area and these people talking like that all the time. But you know what? It, it's just, it, it's how they speak. They don't even understand. But most of it, that's the way they're, I'm not condoning that, but you trying to go in and correct that or say, well, you shouldn't be saying, they don't care. <laughs> You're going to get more of them coming at you. <laughs> well, you shouldn't. That's religious nonsense. We need to meet people where they are. I'm not saying you should go join in. But you can talk to people. It does not bother me in the least. I've been around all that stuff. Somebody, I mean, I don't care. You know, I'm a, I'm a pastor and I, and I see, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. You can be in an environment. It does not bother me in the least. In fact, I'm totally comfortable around if somebody would, I, what would bother me worse is if somebody tries to put on and tries to not to be fake when that's where they're at, you know, because you're a pastor. If somebody, if that's just where they're at, it does not bother me in the least because I've been around in all different types of, of ways. Just be yourself because you're looking for the heart. You're looking for the heart of a person. What were they really communicating? Not communicating, not the words so much they're using because you know what? If they start to know God, that stuff will fall off. Amen? Amen? That stuff will change, but you can change that stuff and not change the heart and say things that are, like I said, way, way worse and not use one of those words. It's not, it's not that. Well, you said that to me and you used that word. Well, no, but you can, the, what's the, the heart behind a word? You, you, can, you can be legalistic about anything. Dance around stuff and just take somebody down. So no, I just... You know, this first thing, don't use foul of abuse language. Well, don't. That's not the point at all. Don't do that. But don't, don't do the opposite either. You could, you could uh, circumvent that first part, and, you know, you're actually doing worse with the rest of the verse. That's not the point. Let everything you say be good and helpful. There you go. So that the words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. 
Let everything you say be good and helpful so that the words, uh, that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Is that simple enough? This is a good litmus test. Is this encouraging or is this discouraging? You know, when you're speaking, you ought to say, is this good? You know, thumbs up. Is this, if I were speaking these words to me, would I feel better or would I leave feeling worse? Does it raise the atmosphere? Am I speaking words that God himself would be pleased with? That if he were here, maybe he'd be speaking those type of words. Am I yielding to the Spirit of God? Because you know the Spirit of God, he's never, he's never discouraging. That doesn't mean he won't ever correct. But it's never burying somebody. He's going to correct. And with God, there's always, if you listen to him, there's always a way to come up. But it's easy, you know, to discourage somebody to say something that is discouraging and to bury somebody with our words. That's the devil wants to bury people, to discourage them, to get them feeling down. Uh, Colossians 4, verse 6, if you can put that up, you don't have to turn there. Colossians 4, verse 6 says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Let your speech always be with grace. Always gracious. Whatever you say, it's gracious. It's not hard. It's not, you know, to, to take somebody down, but it's gracious. What does that mean? It, it means you're you're kind. It means you're giving favor to somebody. It means you're giving people the benefit of the doubt. You know, do, do we realize who we are dealing with when we talk about God? God is so much higher than us. You know, we are created in His likeness and image, and yes, we are His children, but we're not God. Everybody understand? There's a difference. You're a son or daughter of God. You're not the son of God. You know, thank God we know who we are through Christ Jesus, but we're not Him. He is the Almighty. For Him to talk to you and I, I don't, I don't think we comp comprehend what that means. He is infinite. He's always been, always will be. It, we are a created being, yet He treats us, He converses with us and treats us like the son or daughter we are through the blood of Jesus, and because we've been recreated, but if he can talk to us and be gracious with us and be kind with us, the difference between him and us is not, that is so much greater than the difference between us and the those around us. In other words, if he can be gracious to us and he's the Almighty, we can be gracious to those people around us. Amen? Ever think of, well, you know, I don't have to talk to you well because who are you? That's, that's not the right spirit. That's the spirit of the enemy. That's the spirit of the devil. The devil's like that. The devil is proud. The devil's like disregarding people. The devil is disrespectful. But it says here, let, let your speech always be with grace. Notice it says, let your speech always be with grace. Season with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Notice it said always. 
you know, if, if we're honest right now, there's probably situations in our mind that we're going, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but what about, they said, this is happening, they did, scripture's the scripture, what did it say? Always? What does always mean? Always. What does that mean? All the times but when I'm ticked. Then it's an exception. Then I say, forget the Bible. Here we go. <laughs> right? That's what that means. That's always, and then there's an invisible, invisible parenthesis there, unless I don't want that to be the case. Then I have the right to say what I want to say, because, you know, I know God, and he knows my heart, but right now, I just need to talk to them. Is that, is that what the Bible said? It didn't say, now I'm not just, I'm not preaching at you. This is all of us. We all are going to be pushed. If you're in a marriage, if you're in a close family, if you're in like any relationship on the earth, you're going to be faced with times when <clears throat> this, you don't want to say always. You want to be like, God, can you please go out of the room because I have some business to take care of. No, you guys are too holy for that, right? That's never happened to you. I'm serious. If we're honest, it comes to everybody. You, there's times when you want to just tell somebody off. But it said, but you can, you can, doesn't say to be a wimp, never to confront. doesn't say don't confront. It just said, let your speech always be with grace. That means you can confront somebody and do it with a smile on your face and be nice about it. Not that you'd have to smile in certain situations, but you can be nice about it and gracious, but it is not, it's not mean-spirited. You can be forceful and firm and still not break this. Jesus evidently did, and he, he called people, you know, whitewashed sepulchers. Say, how was that gracious? Well, if you knew where they really were at, I guess it was gracious. That's probably being nice to them. It had to be, because Jesus didn't break the law. He did not break this. So we don't have to be wimps. We don't have to be like, well, you know, I'm a Christian. Can't say anything. Just be nice to you, even though I want to knock your brains out. But I can't do that. No, you can, be, you can say, look, that wasn't right what you did. I don't agree with it. I believe you owe me an apology, but I'm not going to leave you. You know, we can be, we can use good language, even in tough situations. In the um, New Living Translation, it says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive. Notice what it says, attractive. Do you know grace, being kind, is attractive? Yes. Do you know people are watching us in every interaction? Yes. And when there's a situation that is hard, uh, don't, don't be fooled. People are watching how we handle a situation, even if we've been slighted. When you are gracious, when you've been slighted, even when it looks like you have every right to give that person a piece of your mind and you don't, that is attractive. That speaks highly. That is secure. That's solid. People go, 
all right, this person, they're the real deal. On the other hand, even if they deserve it and you go off on it, that doesn't speak highly of us. It shows, it, it, it speaks of people are watching. And I'm not saying we do it for people's sake. I'm just saying it's, it's attractive when we're gracious. All the time. You guys okay? <laughs> now, who's going to help us do all this? This is just, we are walking in this realm, and this isn't a list of do's and don'ts. Anybody could give us a list of do's and don'ts. This is our survival guide for life. If we want life to go well for us, if we want to walk through life and get the best results, then we will do these things, but we have got to know that God himself is in us to help us do it. In other words, the words that we are to say that fit this bill, that qualify, that line up with these stipulations are the words God would speak. And so we need to look to the word that we've imparted into us, and we need to look to the Spirit of God. You may not know what to say in a certain situation, but we need to understand that He will give us the right response in every situation. If we'll look to the Spirit of God inside of us, you may say, I have no clue, because my flesh wants to knock this person out. I don't know what to say. And if it's, if it's really charged, you may need to just step away from the situation and go and not talk to them right now. And just... Get in touch with the Spirit of God on the inside and just say, God, you got to help me. Because if I get in front of them, I don't know what I'm going to say. I can't, I, I, I'm not confident that I'm going to say the right thing. You help me. Show me. Help me to look to you. Because I want to be a good representative for you. And if it's somebody you love, you don't want to destroy them and then have to pick up the pieces an hour later. It's not fun. Your flesh likes it when it's coming out. Don't, let's not be, let's, your, your flesh gets a high off of, just letting go to some things, but you will regret it. Everybody in here has lived to regret it. Picking up the pieces later is not fun, especially, you know, if you're joined to somebody, if you're married to somebody, it doesn't speak highly of you. If we, if we completely throw them, you know, put them into the ground, we married them. What are we talking about? If we say all this stuff about you're this, you're that, well, we're just talking ourselves down because we're with them. And when all, everything clears... We're still going to be with them and don't even talk. Well, I'm just getting rid of them. Well, then you got other problems. Right? And if they're family, if they're your brother or sister, they're not going anywhere. So if we, you know, knock them down, we're just going to eat words. So God can help us. He can help us to do this. The good news is, yeah, we just need to understand when we're walking through life, is that going to bring up the, the atmosphere or is it going to put it down? I need to ask myself that and then I need to say, God, help me. And he will help us. And he will help us. Like we said a few weeks ago, we may speak something and it may escape, but if we're going to ask him to help us, we'll start to catch it. We'll catch it earlier. We'll see that we're, we don't, we're catching things we used to say we catch them. And we start to, you know, maybe we were polluting the atmosphere all the time here and it starts to go more and more to where it's attractive. Our speech is, is attractive, and uh, we're actually building each other up. Praise God.